Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino. John Copenhaver and Al Warren. 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 106.5 FM Riverside. And 105.0 AM Palm Springs. All right. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. And must die. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and that's the noise. James. Wait a minute. James Patterson is is in the room. Um, well, I I don't know what to say to that. It sounds terrible. Yeah. No, it sounds great. I mean, terrible in a good way. But with mysteries, it should sound terrible. A lot of people do. I, I hope Alex does okay. <laughs> well, you. Well, you know. If anybody knows, you know, right? I mean, come on. If anybody knows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never tell about these things, yeah. Listen, you've, this is what, book 32 of this series. Yeah. So uh, how, how does that keep going like this? How does this, how, is, is it about the character or is it about the, the, the action itself? You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm sitting here in my office and, and all around here there are shelves going all the way around the office. And right now, you said 31, 32 crosses. There are 29 live books and screenplays around the office that are, like, going on right now, and it's kind of madness. But, you know, individual series, it's interesting. It's its own thing. Not too many last that long. Some do. I know um, John Grisham, who I think is, I think he's quite good, um, but he just went back to, uh, to Mitch uh, from the firm, and he had trouble with it. Doing a, a number two with the same character, so it's its own, it's its own uh, uh, set of problems. Uh, you know, Mike Connolly, who who I'm friendly with, uh, uh, Michael made a huge mistake though because what he did 
is is every book he aged Bosch a year. Still looks good. So Bosch is now like eighty years old, you know. So we just don't do that. I learned from from John D. McDonald way back, and John D. McDonald had uh, uh, his lead character, and the new book would come out, and it would only be like two weeks since the last book. So he could keep his character young and, you know, whatever. So so with Alex, same thing. I mean, it might be like three weeks since the last book. So Alex remains active and, and, and a credible, believable cop, even though we've Alex and I have been together 30-plus years. Well, when you say that, I, I, I have to ask, what kind of relationship do you have with Alex? Like, how, how do you see that character? We're tight. We're tight, Alex and I. We talk a lot, <laughs> uh, hang out. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Alex, uh, I relate to Alex a lot in this sense that we're both very family-oriented. And, you know, w- one of the problems that a lot of people have, depending on their situation, is is juggling their work with their family uh, and, 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 their, and the rest of their life. And Alex's situation is very extreme because... You know, his work life is, it, it, it would be bad enough if he, if he was a homicide cop, but it's worse because he's a homicide cop in, in a series that uh, really takes a lot of liberties <laughs> with what a homicide cop can do. I don't write realism. I mean, that's one of the issues. Sometimes people will read the stuff and go, it's not very realistic. That's not a good criticism of my stuff because I don't write realism, and I say it up front. It isn't realism. So, um, um, you know, it's not realistic. Is it isn't really fair criticism. I don't like it as fair. That's that's a good thing. But Alex's uh, his his life, the life that I create for him, is is really terrifying. But somehow he has to balance his family with that. And I think the reason that people stay with Alex um, more than anything else is is his family life and his you know his kids and his grandmother and, and his best friend John Sampson. And and you just get into the characters and you want to know what happens to them. Yeah, how are they going to do? Are they going to change much? Uh, and that's what I think keeps it really vibrant. And, you know, I mentioned Grisham before. I don't think he really had thought much about Mitch and, and his wife, whose name I can't remember. Uh, and then all of a sudden he was in the middle, oh, my God, i gotta, I got to sort of get back in touch with this guy again. And, and I don't know how successful he was doing that. But that's the challenge. That's the challenge with this. Grisham, he's a writer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. I'm not super judgy. I, I tend not to be. I mean, I, you, you know, you have a sense, uh, uh, you know, for what's working for you about a person or a writer or whatever. But I, but I tend to then be pretty open about it. well, they're doing the best. Yeah, I have a friend, teacher friend, and um, years ago he had this thing. I'm doing the best I can religion, and I always thought that was cool. That's a good way to look at people. Yep, they're doing the best they can, and that's okay, and that's fine, and 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 I'm gonna within reason go along with it. So I can tolerate, you know, my Republican friends and my Democrat friends and my independent friends with up to a point. <laughs> That's a good way to look at you it. You might know what that point is. Well, we're not going to get into that point. No. <laughs> I'll no. give you a hint. He was a president, but, you know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going there. Well, you know, you mentioned Alex doesn't age much. Uh, how, how do you deal with time, with the changing times, and, and bring him into, like, 2023 as opposed to the 90s? I, you know, I don't know. I don't really think about it that much. Every once in a while, I come up. I made a choice early on with the books not to do much with COVID. I, I think occasionally I have, but mostly I, I haven't dealt with it too much in the books. 
Uh, I'm always much more interested in, in, you know, whatever the the puzzle is for for this particular book and and, and then just the characters. And and my thing is um, uh, every – and Michael Connolly said this about my stuff. He said what Jim does is every chapter uh, moves both the the plot and the characterization forward and, and turns on the movie projector in our heads. And that's more what I'm thinking about the movie and and I don't I don't worry too much about you know whether it's you know ten years ago or right now or you know whether it's two two twenty three or two twenty five or two twenty one unless unless it's something that really you know where, where the the thing in the book really comes out of you know current headlines which is which is rare for me. Well, I love to ask this question too. Um, so you ask this of everybody that comes on the show? <laughs> Not everyone. So this is like a format. It's like a cookie cutter thing. That's no, what I no, get, that's no. Oh, we're boring. You're excited. Yeah. <laughs> no, not no. at all. Quite the opposite, as you'll find out in the next the next forty minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm always curious about this because they say that up to fifty percent of people don't have an inner monologue, and I'm just wondering if you can hear. Alex Cross, if you can hear him in your head, you're talking about being able to see, kind of like a movie. I could hear him, except the other voices kind of get in the way. There's so many voices in my head that I can't, sometimes I can't really pick out which one is Alex. There's so many voices. Now, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, multiple, multiple personalities. And you're allowed to drive? I mean, when I'm actually writing the book, yes. Uh, or writing a Michael Bennett or, you know, and, and, you know, one of the important things, and this is true, and, and it comes up with me all the time. I mean, I'm sitting here with three new outlines on the desk here. And, and uh, I, people don't think about this because I always go, oh, you write short chapters. Yeah, he does, but he being me. But, um, uh, uh, there has to be a voice for every one of those. You know, uh, 12 Months to Live, which I just finished with Mike Lupica, and that's an interesting and challenging series because right. we've got 12 months to live, the next year eight months to live, and the year after that four months to live. And, and, and it's a character who, who has gotten a death sentence, and, and she's a terrific character. But the, the key there was getting a voice for her. And, and for me, uh, the title I wanted originally for the first book was Jane Effing Smith. And we went round and round and round with the publisher and wound up with 12 Months to Live. It's the same thing. Which was probably a mistake. And the second book will probably be, will probably be uh, Jane Epping Smith. But, but, but getting a voice for her was really uh, important. What's her voice? What's, what drives her? What's, you know, where is she coming from? Uh, uh, and and that's, um, that's the most important thing for me, not kind of what year is it or, you know, whatever. What's that voice? Who's that? Who am I talking to? What's that person? What are they like? And, and you know, with, with Lupica in particular, I mean, we go back half a dozen times a day, uh, back and forth, back and forth. It's kind of like a writer's room over the telephone. And um, uh, either one of us can, can write that character in the same way, I think, when you get writer's room in television. If it's a good writer's room, anybody in their room can write that character. They, they know the voice. Uh, and, and usually if there isn't a good voice, the show isn't very good. Well, for you then, and considering that you have collaborators and multiple projects, where do you start, the character or the story? Uh, you know, they kind of both come together, and they, I keep layering layering on. With Jane Effing Smith, the character came first, and I wrote a lot about her. There's another one I'm doing now, that, and the character is coming first. And um, the, the first thing I 
I, I thought about her as she's really, really, really grouchy. And she just riffs on everything. Everywhere she walks, she's in New York, wherever she is, he's just riffing on, you know, hating. I don't know if you've been in New York recently, but they have those bicycle lanes. Like, and every time I step out on the sidewalk, I'm afraid of getting killed. But she's always ranting about this stuff. And, and, and that's going to give her a voice uh, throughout, the, throughout the book or books. I don't know what we're going to do with her. And, and some, sometimes, uh, I'm trying to think of what, I'm, I'm thinking more of the books that I'm on now, which I don't like to talk about because I kind of give them away. But sometimes it'll start with a plot idea like um, Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas, which was a kind of a love story a ways back. And that did start with, I was, um, uh, my wife Sue was taking about over a million pictures of our son, maybe five million, a lot. <laughs> and uh, on the living room table, there was one of these big books with, you know, maybe 500 of the different pictures. And I was sitting there looking through the book one day, and then I was thinking, you know, how sad Sue and I, you know, we, I was 50 when Jack was born and Sue was 40. And then at one, at one point, he'd be looking at that book, and we wouldn't be, be around. And then I thought this horrifying thought that we would be looking at this book, and he wouldn't be around. And that drove me into Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas, that notion of uh, having to deal with uh, 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 the death of a child. So in that case, the story came, came first. I didn't know who the characters were going to be. So, and, and, and that happens frequently where it's, you know, I, I have, you know the woman of God, what, I just had this notion of it starting with uh, uh, the last pope has died and, and, the, and the, uh, the cardinals are all together. And there's a rumor running around Rome that a woman is being considered. And the reality of it is when they go in that room, it could be anybody. It li I mean, theoretically anyway. It could be any person. doesn't even have to be a Catholic. And, and then to go back and tell the story of this woman and why she would possibly be in a position where she would be seriously considered as the next pope, which to me was kind of a cool mystery and interesting thing. But that started with that idea before I had any idea about really who that woman was. So it depends. Well, that leads to several questions and having other writers. Oh, I have several answers. Right. This is going to be so cool. I've never played this game before like that. I'm taking notes, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is totally selfish. It's about an hour ago I started outlining my next book. I know you're an outliner. You've been asked this question before. Can you give us an idea how you can outline one project versus 30 projects? Or how, how do you put this all together? How do you put a story and characters together? I, I, you know, I, don't, I, I, I always layer. I'll, I'll do – a lot of times what I'll do uh, is just start jotting down scene ideas, just um, uh, a line or two, scene, 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 scene. It may or may not fit in. I mean, look, it's not an infinite number of possible scenes, but – any story, your life story, would I mean, I told my life story, and I decided I would write it as nothing but stories, just story after story after story. None of this, you know, Newburgh was a small town, blah, blah, where I grew up, you know, none of that crap. Uh, it would just be story after story after story. And I, insofar as I was going to talk about being a kid, I would just tell kind of cool stories about when I was a kid. That would be at work. You know, what it felt like to go to New York and want to be a writer and not have a clue about whether you could do it. Or So with my with my stories, I generally would sit down and just start writing down possible scenes. You know, one of the the the, the, the things that I'm working on now, I, um, I had to go for my, you know, annual checkup. I was in New York, and I was in this uh, uh, hospital 
up in the tenth floor or whatever, and I'm looking out on on this street, and there's this tower. Uh, it wound up being, I forget what the hell it was, it's a big smokestack. It went up like 40 stories, okay? And I'm staring at this smokestack that's 40 stories, and there's a goddamn ladder, a ladder, just where you can just climb up that thing. I'm going, who the hell would ever, ever literally go up 40 stories to the top of this thing? And I'm sat there, sat there doing it, and that became the first scene in this story where... I have this woman that wants to meet this. She set up, she wants to meet this guy. And the guy that's climbing it had been a detective. It had just been fired. And and she waits until he comes down. And she's going, what, the, what is with this guy? And he won't tell her. When, when he finally comes down, he won't tell her why he climbs this, this ladder. And literally, the last scene in the book, uh, a lot of stuff is going on at this point. And, and he climbs the ladder. And then when he gets up to the top, and they've gone through a lot at this point, the two of them, and she's up there. And, and, and he tells her why he climbs the ladder. Uh, so sometimes it's just that kind of stuff where it's just, you know, I don't know. And that, and that, and that drove me. There was, um, this is, this is, you know, kind of the weirdness of where these things come from. I, I went on tour, uh, with Lupica for the last book and we were down in Jersey and it was a terrible day. It was just rainy and windy and cold and miserable. And my wife Sue was with us. Yeah, it was Jersey. Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, it can be nice, but, but it wasn't that day. And uh, they said, well, let's go take a walk on the ocean. I said, yeah, all right, fine. So we walk about two blocks to the ocean, and I say, screw this. This is ridiculous. It's cold. It's, we're getting wet. I don't like it. So I walk back to the little hotel we're staying at, and they, and they go for a walk and probably have an affair. I don't know what happened. But anyway, so I get back, and I'm almost to the hotel. That was a joke. We're laughing inside. So I'm almost to the hotel, and um, this guy is, is riding in this wind in the rain, old guy, in the wind and the rain, and I'm looking at this guy, give him a little wave, and, a, and one word, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but one word goes through my head, and I walk back into the hotel, and I write five pages of an outline just based on seeing this guy, and one word, and the word was not bicycle, one word went into my head, and that became the, the driving force between, behind another, another book, just that weird, you know, you know ooh, 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 that's, I, that's, there's a story there. You know, I don't know. So it's it's kind of like that. That's the madness that is my pretzel of a mind, multi-pretzel, many voices. Yeah. I did. I used to work in a mental hospital. Honest. I was not a patient. Yeah, yeah sure. Escape. <laughs> That's why I worked I worked my way through through college and grad school at, at McLean Hospital in Belmont, Mass. Uh, uh, real good hospital. Interesting. Yeah. I met Robert Lowell there. He He was in... Three or four times while I was James Taylor was a patient, and, and that was the coolest because at that point he wasn't famous, but he used to sing and he had Fire and Rain and a lot of those songs and he would sing in the coffee shop, and you could just go in there. He'd do it two or three times a week and you'd sit like ten feet away from James Taylor when you didn't know he was going to be a big star, but he was amazing. And then his brother and his brother Liv was there and his sister Kate was there, and um, I knew I knew. I didn't know James other than to listen to him in a coffee shop. I knew Liv and Kate a little bit, but it was an interesting place. And I and I just started writing a lot. And somebody said, "You're lucky if you find something you like to do, and then it's a miracle if somebody will pay you to do it." And and that kind of became my gig. I I, I found that I really love to write these stories and make them up in my head. And and I'd done it even as a kid when I was growing up in in, in Newburgh and upstate, and I'd be out in the woods a little kid, and there weren't a lot of people who lived around where we lived at that point, and I would just go through the woods making up these stories in my head, you know, So, and, and that's kind of where it came from, and, and it's still that way. 
just making up these stories. And, and um, you know, and I've said this before, but I, when I write, I like to pretend there's one person sitting across from me, and I'm telling them a story, and I don't want them to get up till I finish. You know, and that's both my strength and my weakness. The strength is that I'll constantly be, be doing everything I can to make sure that they that they stay with me. And the weakness is sometimes I don't dig as deep as I should uh, because I'm so concerned that I'm that, that they're going to get up and leave. Like, Christian doesn't worry about it. He sets the hook in and then he doesn't care. He knows that he has the hook and they're going to stay with him, even if he wears the shit. Oh, my. Get out of him for a few pages. He holds a gun to them. Come on. I was uh, struggling with the manuscript the once, and I remember uh, I got a, a bolt of inspiration when I saw you on the TV series Castle. And you were all playing the game of oh, uh, playing yeah, the game yeah. of poker, and, <laughs> and I, I said, "That's it. My ambition one day is to be sitting at that poker table." Uh, so that really, really helped to to inspire me. So I've got to ask: Did you ever have a, a similar kind? Of... I'll tell you a funny castle oh, story yeah, before please I forget do. it. So I'm on a plane, and this is I don't know what it was four or five years ago, and I'm walking down the aisle, and this woman starts pointing at you because I know you, I know you. So I stop. you trying to be nice, you know, and she says, e -e "You played Patterson on Castle." <laughs> I said, yeah, and I'm going to play him on this car ride, too. You know, related, not a related story, but similar story. Last year, we're down in Florida of a famous Italian restaurant. And it's not famous. It's our favorite Italian restaurant. And uh, uh, the waiter walks us down the aisle of a little place, and this woman pops up, and she goes, I know you. She said, you sold us our life insurance. <laughs> and then she argues with me. And I go, lady, I would never sell life insurance in South Florida. And, or, 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 or hurricane insurance. I, I just, I would never do that, you know? They're fans. They're fans. Yeah, whatever it is. But yeah, I have life insurance, not of me, but you know. <laughs> do you play poker for real? Uh, no. No. Oh, so I'm, I'm never no. going to be able to sit at that table. Shattered dreams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, I, uh, you know what? I don't think Connolly, I don't know if Con, I don't think Connolly does. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I doubt that, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the guy from Castle, the, the lead, I don't know, I, I mean, it just was always in that, in that show, that he would do that, uh, that bit, it was kind of, well, you know, I say it's fun, but it wasn't, because the reality of it is, they would say, we want you on set at 8.30, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. You, and you'd have a little trailer, like, that's supposed to be hot. How dare you! Right, but it's like being in somebody's toilet, <laughs> and then, and then, like, 5.30 or 6 o'clock, they'd shoot you. So you'd be there all day. You're just sitting around. It was like ridiculous. Oh, no. So I, and that's why I stopped doing it. I said, you know, it could take me like three days. I got to fly out. I got to sit around in this trailer for a day and then I got to fly back. And I like doing the actual, you know, the hour of it. That was kind of fun, but sorry to puncture your dream. Well, yeah, he's that's all right. I'm still going to smoke the pump. He's taking his meds now. That's, you know, wrecked his life. Yeah. You know, you write plays, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why does Alex Cross have to die? Like, what's, what's, what's the deal here? Why does he have to die? I mean, it's life, you know? You, you, you're born. You, you know, and people need to accept that whole, that's the whole thing. You're born, you live, you die. It's, you know, it's, that's the deal. I'll give you, it, 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 you know. The thing that I, maybe you all know where this came from, I don't know where it came from, but earlier this year I heard this line, and I love it, and I've been living by it in terms of, of the projects I decide I'm going to do or not do or whatever. And, and, and I think it's as useful for a 20-year-old and maybe more useful than it is for people like me. But the, the language is, my time here is short. What can I do most beautifully? 
And, and I think that's great. I mean, and, and for me, it's tell stories. And for some people, it might be raising their kids or, their, or being with their grandkids or being a potter or whatever the hell it is. But if they think about it, and if you're 20 years old and you think about it a little bit and you think how important it is and you try to figure out what could I do most beautifully, it might lead you somewhere that, that would be useful, you know. And 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 that's that that's my kind of so you know at some point Alex yeah I don't you know I don't it depends I don't know who's going to go first me or Alex we'll see you know TBD so I guess I'm kind of giving it away that he must die but he doesn't die in this book so <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> but yeah people will probably figure that out I mean if I'm going to kill him I'm going to put it right in the cover the last Alex Cross he's dead or in a doornail that's a good title you know, I'll, I'll tell him I'll let him know I'll let him know this is the end. Yeah. Better in a doornail? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can you can use it if you want, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> he's, he's writing. He's writing it down now. So you said that you hear all these voices and stuff, and you put your character like Alex Cross through all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, does that does that affect you at all? Do you feel any of that stuff, or does it just flow right through? Um, I feel it when I'm when I'm writing. Uh, and and one of the things, if if I'm writing something and it's supposed to be a love scene or it's supposed to be really scary. If I don't feel that, I don't think the the reader will. You know what I mean? If I'm doing this, I'm going, this just feels like crap. This feels like I'm just cliche, blah, 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 blah. You know, and people, I guess, probably think I fail at that sometimes. But, yeah, then, then I figure uh, I'm, I, it's, I'm not ready yet. It, it's, it's, it, I haven't gotten it. I haven't accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And that's, I mean, when I work with co-writers, you know, uh, if, 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 if they're sending, you know, drafts of chapters and whatever, and, and, and you know, what I want to say is, you know, you're the best, so, you know, great. And sometimes it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's going sideways. The story is not going forward. It's going sideways. Or, 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 or we've lost the voice. We've lost the voice. Or, or there's no stakes here. You know, you read a lot of books, and this is why a lot of books don't do as well as, like you know, you start out and somebody has a good idea, and you're kind of hooked, and th and then it just starts marching in place for about a hundred pages, and and that's not good, <laughs> and that won't happen with my books because whether I'm doing it, whether working with somebody else, it's marching marching in place. This is no good. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah, or you you know, I, I I figured it out, and I'm not interested in going any farther, and they go, oh yeah, but you know. That isn't what really happens at the end. I, I don't care because I think I figured it out, and it's boring now because I think I figured it out. It doesn't matter that 200 pages from now you're going to change it because for that 200 pages, I don't want to read it. I just feel, yeah, okay, I see where this is going, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? So who is the really bad co-writer you've ever worked with? <laughs> the worst? <laughs> In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, the one that was essentially like, oh, my. None of them. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, you know, no, I, it, you know, I've never had a bad experience. Um, I, I, you'd have to ask them whether they, they probably might say something different. But, yeah, uh, I mean, just in terms of the better known ones, that's always been a joy. Um you know, President Clinton and I have become, you know, good friends. We exchange uh, Christmas presents, birthday presents. He gave me one year, um, he gave me a, a humidor, and, and he knows I don't smoke. You know, so I call him up. I said, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? Put bubble gum or chocolate cigars in it. He said, oh, bubble gum. At our age, we've got to exercise our jaws and stuff, you know. So that's a nice relationship. And and the thing, Dolly Parton, that's another, it's a good relationship. One time uh, I was had a birthday coming up, and, and so she called me up, and she sang happy birthday over the phone. And I wanted to say, Dolly, I'm going to hang up now. I want you to call again. It's going to go to voicemail. When it goes to voicemail, I want you to sing happy birthday again. But I didn't have the nerve, so I didn't do it. So I don't have the recording of her singing happy birthday to me over the phone. But, you know, there's never been any arguments. And people, you know, the, the press, they always love that everybody needs to think the way they think, even if you don't think that way. Well, well you must have had some. No, I really have not had any problems. I don't have fights with, with any of them. Um, a couple of the, you know, the ones that have been around for too long, you know, they, you know, you know how it is. People start thinking that, that it's them, it's all them, and that's fine. Uh, it's not. I get rid of them and. Go to somebody new and ten. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's, yeah, Joe. Sure. <laughs> but but the relationships have been, you know, uh, I just finished, uh, which is really kind of a it was it, once again going back to what can I do most beautifully. Michael Crichton's estate came to me, and he had started a book, and he'd done I know a, a few pages, you know, a, a bit of it. And they said, would you be interested in finishing the book? And I said, well, I don't know. Let me read what he wrote. Yeah. 
So I read it, and it had to do with a volcano that, that is going to possibly destroy the island of Hawaii. And there's something else there that's even worse in terms of what, what would happen if this volcano basically destroyed the island. And I went, yes, I would like to, to finish this because, um, one, I like the idea. And, and secondly, uh, I thought it would be a great challenge because I've never done anything where you have to incorporate an awful lot of science. So I got a volcanist. In, in fact, I'm going to talk to her in a couple of days again about something else. Elizabeth from Hawaii, from Alaska. Elizabeth, she teaches at the University of Anchorage in Alaska. And uh, so I would go back and forth with her, and I'd say, what about this? And she said, that could never happen. And then a day later, she'd call up and go, well, I think I can make it work, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and finish that book. But I love the challenge of it, to try to do something that, one, would be kind of worthy of a, of a, of a Crichton-Patterson book, and, uh, and, and just that challenge of doing something different. Uh, that's what got me into doing kids' books, same thing. Kids' books that I do are funny. Uh, uh, and I hadn't really, you know, because Alice Cross, Serial Killers, his voice isn't that funny. He's not, you know, I mean, he has some humor to him. But, but the kids' books, I got to really be, you know, uh, there's one, uh, uh, I Funny, and it's this kid who, this little kid, he decides he wants to be a comedian. And uh, so he, you know, he, he reads everything he can, and then he starts writing his own stuff. And But he can never actually be a stand-up comedian because he's in a wheelchair and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I love writing uh, 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 you know, having that kid's voice, and and then if it's called like funny, it better be funny. Um, and I think it is pretty funny. So 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 the kids suffer, and it's just a different way. There's one, uh, uh, well, it's one middle school, the worst years of my life, which I think is a funny title, and the book is pretty funny. Uh, and then they, what the hell's you know, whatever it's called, something. It's a funny title, whatever the hell it is. Some potty mouth, potty mouth, potty mouth, stupid and potty mouth, potty mouth and stupid. And it's great. And a lot of the, you know, the mom said, oh, it's got stupid in the title. You can't read that. And I go, no, 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 it's about word bullying. And, and you know, there's a reason why this kid is called stupid, because when he was four years old, these two kids got these names, Potty Mouth and Stupid, and they're 12 and they still are called that. So it's a funny story, tragic but funny. Well, you, we, we were talking collaboration before you came on and how a lot of writers. Oh, you guys. We were. Because, you're, yeah. Are you collaborating? Yeah. Well, that's the question because that's so cool. we were saying, hey, why don't writers like us collaborate more? So I, my, And the question is, well, we're too busy. We have our own series, and, and, and which is for real. But what do, what do you get out of collaborating? Not the how you put a book out and you need to. But money. And the money, the money, money, money. Money, yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, I, at this stage, I, I, and not to be a, a jackass, but I don't need the money. No, it, it's, I have all these ideas. I mean, somewhere in here, uh, where the hell is it? Somewhere over in that corner, there's a big pile. I don't know if I can, I don't see it looking through the little backwards, but and it's about, oh, about a foot high, and it's just page after page of ideas. And, and the clever title on the top, on the, it's, it says ideas. And, um, you know, and I have, to, I have so many of them, and, and you just want to see how they're going to turn out. You know what I mean? You got this idea. You don't know until you, until you. So, so I have all these things, all these stories, like Woman of God, like this. I want to see how it turns out, uh, uh, and, and that's the fun of it. And and to be able to do it and to write a forty, fifty, sixty page outline, and then and then you know go on and do another one. And some of the books I still write myself, but um, uh, but and that and that's the fun of it. It's a little like um, being a showrunner. 
but a pretty dynamic one, uh, you know, in terms of, of my involvement. Uh, it, it's not, I mean, most showrunners, I think they, they back off a lot, but I, I, I don't do that. I kind of, I mean, I, I'm very clear about what, what we're trying to do, uh, about the voice and the pace and, um, you know, so, and that's what it's going to, it's going to be a James Patterson book when all is said and done. And, you know, the other thing, I mean, a couple of, a couple of them have gone off and done, done their own thing. Uh, uh, Andy Gross and, you know, whatever, and, and done their, you know, done their own novels. And, that, and that's fine. That's good. But, you know, and, and that's a good time to, to, to part. You know, you, you go do your thing. Right. So when you're doing all these different books, you're doing Alex Cross. Do you have an idea? Did you have an idea 31 books ago? Where he would be today, or did he develop? No, no he develops every 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 year. It's going to be some new, you know. Uh, and, and there's a, a continuity, and I think people. I don't think about it so much, but I think people kind of expect that the family is, in some way, shape, or form, going to be part of it. You know, obviously, in the beginning, uh, uh, you know, he was he was a younger guy, and 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 he had the young younger kids, and 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 then the wife who who dies early on, Maria. And uh, we got a, a series coming. We were lucky because we got a shot before the strikes. So that's coming on, on Amazon, I think, I'm going to say March or April. But we were lucky because we had the whole thing shot. And Aldous Hodge, who's really good, he'll be the, the Alex Cross in, in the series. He was in uh, City on a Hill with uh, Kevin Bacon. He's very good, very good. And he's a hunk. So he, some, he, yeah. And they tested the hell out. I was surprised, but they test a lot. And it was, it was the highest testing thing that they, I think they've ever done. Wow. So, and it's good. It's, you know, what I like about it is, I mean, here's the books, and I kind of know who the book audience is, and that's a little different than the Amazon audience. So this, it's edgier, it's blacker, and I, and I really, I, I really like the way it turned out. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. It's a very cool thing. Bosch to me is similar to the books. This one, this one jumps out a little bit. We're doing Women's Murder Club now, and I was just talking to the, uh, showrunner yesterday. And about, and she's going, I want to be close to the books. I said, you don't have to be close to the books. I mean, you know, somewhat, but, but no, 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 more edge. We can, and be more cinematic. And, you know, this thing started 20 years ago. We really want it to feel, uh, contemporary and real and relevant and, you know, uh, and better. We, we can do something better than the book, I think, you know, and that, that's the hope anyway. Jane Effing Smith that we're developing, that's, and actually, that's uh, I can't get into who it is because they haven't announced it. But the actress is attached. The showrunner is one of the best, and 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 the, um, the 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 lead writer is from a show that that we all love. So I'm, I'm so and that usually, as you know, they don't usually get a package together like that uh, this early. But but that's what they have. So yeah, and that's because once again, going back to Jane Effing Smith, she's a really good character. Uh, 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 and, and this actress jumped right on it, you know. So you can you can tell everybody I'm going to be the actor in it, <laughs> the one that gets tossed out the building. The yeah, tour woman, and yes, you're a good-looking woman. But will you shave your beard? <laughs> you shave your beard if if you get the part yeah, as a no, woman. Yeah, not a okay. problem. Yeah. All right. I've got the wig. All right. Let's go for it. <laughs> yep, Jane Epping Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how have the movies and TV changed how you perceive Alex or any of your other characters, or, or have they? It doesn't. No, zero. No. I mean, look, Morgan Freeman is a great actor, but that's not that's not Alex in the books. Morgan was older, and he's he's great. 
but but I, I never I never thought about Morgan when I, or or um, no, I'm blanking now. Um, uh, the, uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, that's terrible. I, I'm just bad with names. <laughs> and 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 the same with the current thing. I mean, and that goes back a ways because in the series that's going on television, it's Alex when he was younger. And Samson actually, um, it's the actor who does the... Um, uh, How dare you! Sorry, sometimes I just go crazy with names. <laughs> yeah. He's very good, but he's very unexpected that, that they would have cast him. Maggie says Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry was, yeah, that was uh, the... We, we did the one uh, with Tyler. And I'll tell you what, I thought the director messed it up. Tyler was a total gentleman, and I think he would have been fine. And you watch him in some of the more serious things he'd done, and he would have been fine. But it was it was the weirdest thing in the world because this director would rewrite the script the night before we shot. I go like, what? So essentially, we're shooting with the first draft. You know, like what happened last night? <laughs> and you know, why are we? You know, and uh, I don't know. So that was kind of uh, uh, unfortunate. Well, talking about the continuity itself within the series. Um, how do you keep track of continuity? Do you do you have series bibles? Do you have systems? I don't. I don't know. I, yes. No. My my uh, editor, she remembers everything, and she go, "You can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't put Alex in the Middle Ages." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I you know I I'm pretty good at because I'm just dealing with with those scenes and that and I'm you know and it's okay. But sometimes they'll, she'll bring something up and go, "Don't you remember?" <laughs> That, you know, he got shot like a week earlier, so, you know, he, got, he has to have a limp or something, you know. Yeah. It's, well, it's not a big – I don't worry. You might notice – you might get the sense I don't worry about stuff too much. It's good. Yeah. It yeah, is it, good. It, well, and, and, I, and I don't – I'm fortunate. I, one of the lucky things is I don't need to listen to – and I do like to listen to people when they have something to say, but I uh, – and I like to, to get the criticism, but I don't have to – I don't have to do it. <laughs> Uh, uh, so that's that's really I mean I don't know what what you what you all are doing but I just go nah, I don't want to do that sorry so crazy question time as opposed to what what do you think these other questions yeah, right? are <laughs> yeah they will be pretty good if, if you were kidnapped which fictional character would you have rescue you and why I hate those kinds of questions so what is again if I was kidnapped who I would like you to You're I would like man. you to rescue me. Because I think that would be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come and rescue you. No problem at all. I'm already a dead man. That's right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a little. They, they buried me in one of those little things, like a coffin thing. And Gavin's out here trying to O'Neill. I'll call you from now on. And, and, and O'Neill, the playwright. And uh, yeah, and I'm never getting out of here because I know that you're the one that's going to come rescue me. Oh, well. uh, yeah, if I had any of them to rescue me, I, you know, I should. Oh, my. I don't know. But I guess Alex, I, you know, I really thought of it that, you know. He said kind of a. Well, you know, I have yeah. to go with Alex because he always solved the crime, so I know at the end that he's going to get me. I don't know if I'd be alive, but he would at least find the body. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, if everybody's not available, give me a call. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. Yeah. Can you do an American accent? <laughs> sure, I'll give it a go. What? Just, I'm just asking. <laughs> I, I, I'm an American. I was just born in the wrong country. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's his, that's his uh, Alabama so, accent, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually doing a book in Alabama right now. I can't get into it. It's another one. It's my next. I, 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 it's stupid to bring this up because I can't, I can't get into who it's with. But it's a, it's a cool story in Alabama. Okay. Well. Yeah. So you, uh, you know, O'Neill. Eh, it's another possibility yeah, for you. There you go, O'Neill. 
Alabama. Yeah. And, and you got the Holmes, Marple, and Poe book coming out. Uh, yeah. I guess just just after, so. What's what's going on there? What's that about? There it is, man. You listen to the title. Yeah, I. I it says it all. With Skydance, um, it's really interesting. Alice Cross. Amazon decided they weren't going to do it, and so the agent called up. He said, oh, they changed their mind, and that was it. Like, oh, I'm sorry, are you, are you the agent? I mean, did you talk to them about trying to talk them out of it? But uh, uh, Skydance went to Amazon. They said, wait a minute, you know, you're, this is the same objection she taught, you brought with Reacher, which they had done, produced. And they said, okay, fine, we'll green light it. So, so I called up Skydance and, um, to thank them, really, for, for rescuing Alex. And then I said, well, I have the Women's Murder Club, and that actually is more popular around the world than Alex is. And they said, okay, well, we'll buy that. I said, oh, good. Okay, well, I have this other one. You should just buy it on the title, Holmes, Miss Marple, and Poe. And they said, well, we're not going to buy it in the title, but tell us a little bit more. And I did, and then, and they bought that too. And, and, and that's one of these things you could think about the notion of the talents of, of Holmes, the talents of, of, of Marple. And, and the craziness of Poe and put it all in one stew. And that's kind of interesting, you know, if, if we can do that. And, and what it is, it's, it's modern day, which is another kind of like, really? And all the, the characters claim to be like a descendant of Christie and a descendant of, of uh, Holmes' creator and then and a descendant of Poe. And it's just kind of a fun idea to me. And then, and then, and then it was like, okay, well, let me – in that case, all the characters came first. And then it was, okay, well, let's, let's try to write a story about it. And it's, it's really – one of the cool things about that series is I wrote it with a guy I knew from my advertising days. He had never written any fiction, blah, blah, blah. We did a kid series for, like, PBS and stuff, Kids Stew. I won seven Emmys along the way. And But he had never written any fiction. It was just like, you know, I said, well, yeah, let's try something. The guy is great. He's great. And he's never, I mean, he just has it, whatever the hell it is. He immediately, he can write scenes. He, he knows how to start a scene. He knows how to end a scene. He knows how to pace a scene. His dialogue is terrific, you know, blah. And it's just, it's just stunning. I, and, and, and we've always been friends. We got much closer to doing this. But, and I go, Brian, I, I, you're amazing. It's just, and he goes, and he's, and he's so insecure, because he thinks everything he writes sucks. But he's great. It's an amazing thing. So at any rate, that Holmes, Miss Marple, and Poe, and, uh, I, you know, it's another one of these things where I really want to see what it's going to feel like. And we've written two already. And, uh, you know, it, it works. It just go like, whoa, okay, this is, this is terrific. And a lot of it is, is Brian, this guy from nowhere that's, you know, he's 70 or something now. And, you know, boing. <laughs> say healthy, Brian. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's right. That's right. I get older, Sim. Keep telling yourself that. that. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, Allie Cross. So you've got a kids detective series spinning off of this. Yeah, Allie's been around for a while. Uh, the whole kids thing has become so difficult because the big stores won't stock the kids kids books very much. So that's a, that's a huge problem. Barnes and Noble used to put some of the kids books up top. You know, like when you walk in the store. And that was fairly important and useful. They, they pretty much don't do that now. And that's a disaster because if, you have, if you're at the front of the store, that means 90% of the people that walk in the store will see the book and go, oh, yeah, right, I got kids or I got grandkids or whatever the heck it is. If it's in the kids section, you go from 90% to 10% of the people. So that's bad, in my opinion. 
And then a lot of the places, they won't stock the books. Borders used to be good with kids' books, and now they're gone. And a lot of the other ones, they won't stock much in the way of kids' books. And then kids, like, if you have a series, they want to read. If they discover it, they want to read all the series. Uh, most of the indies are too small to have the whole series, most, not all. And uh, so it's hard. It's a hard thing. So the first Alley Cross, we put it out, and I convinced the publisher to put it out the same day as an Alex Cross so that they came out and there they were together and they really kick-started the series and then they started going oh well, I don't know maybe it's stealing copies from the adult out and I go why would it uh, you know whatever so they don't do that anymore but in general and this isn't about me it was just the, the general thing about it. we need kids to be reading and and mostly you know I have a, a kids imprint and and our mission is it's called Jimmy Books, and when a kid finishes Jimmy Book, they'll say, please give me another book, as opposed to millions of kids in this country who have never read a book that they like. That's terrible. And if, if schools want to, and, and, and boards of education, they want to solve this problem, you got to make sure that, that some of the books kids are reading, they go, please give me another book, as opposed to, I hate English class. We just do grammar, and we read stuff that I hate. That's that is not smart. If you if the job is to get kids reading, and, and certainly in the beginning, to, so that they become competent readers. If they're not competent readers by fourth or fifth grade, the the the, the percentage of those right now only forty six forty four percent of the kids in this country read at grade level, which is a disaster. I actually have a program. It's not my program, but it's with the University of Florida. They have the vaccine. They have a program that gets that number up into the low 80s. And we're doing it in five or six counties in Florida. Canada has picked it up, which is weird. And it works. We have the vaccine. We can, and that means you will save thousands of lives over time because X number of kids will become competent readers. They'll get through high school. They'll have choices. They won't wind up in jail. I go to visit jails uh, from time to time. And it's weird because a lot of these young, well, mostly males where I go, suddenly they're readers because they got nothing else to do. If they had learned how to read when they were younger, a lot of them would not be there because they would have had choices, you know. And, and what are they putting in the schools or in the uh, agree in the uh, bookstore? The same How dare you? That we used to read, and you go like, I don't like this. Joe's stuff. It's too much of it. <laughs> It's okay. Look, nice Shakespeare, yeah. yeah, but wait. Wait until they're ready. You know, if I was teaching Shakespeare, okay, Mockingbird. what I would do is I'd get in and i go, all right, everybody stand up on your desk. I would get thrown out of the school immediately, but if I'm the teacher, everybody stand up on your seats and your desk. Now, I want you to understand, in London, and this is not like any city in the world, but in, in, in the days of Shakespeare, plays were enormously popular. And nowhere else in, in the world, pretty much. But they were. But these things are performed in these bars. And the bars are noisy and they're lewd and whatever. There's a lot of craziness going on. So the actors, who you know, were all men at the time, but and they would get up and they would have to scream. So we're going to scream at this Shakespeare stuff. We're going to scream the first page of Macbeth or whatever the heck we're studying. And, and that's the spirit of this, okay? Now... You might have, I want to give, I'm going to give you five minutes of, 
of uh, history between England and France, or not with Macbeth or whatever. So you're going to understand a little bit of the history, not too much, not so much to bore you, but enough so you'll understand the play a little better. Now, language is, is the other thing I want to – you'll notice around the – and all the – well, blackboards, they're not blackboards, they're whatever the hell they are. I put up all these phrases and words and whatever, and um, here's the weird thing. Shakespeare made up all those words – and all those phrases, is that weird or what? He just made this shit up? Yeah. Here's the other weird thing for you to think about, okay? Every single word that we've spoken today, every word you've ever spoken, somebody made it up. Woo! That's cool, man. Yeah, okay, so now we're like, we're like into Shakespeare yep. a little bit, you know? But that's what, you, you know, you just can't like feed him Shakespeare and read 30 pages and uh, you'll be tested uh, tomorrow. What? That doesn't work. Yeah. I, it's never worked. It turns people off. But if the objective, especially early on, get them to be competent readers, okay? If they're going to go to Harvard, God bless them. They'll figure that out. Get them to be competent readers, the whole class, all of them. Get them. Well, if Canada picked it up, it must be good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Gavin, is that where you're from? <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> Who's the kid? Is there a Canadian I'm a Canadian. Al's from Canada. Canada. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Don't tell right. anybody. They'll come take me away. Right. Yeah, we'll let anybody Anyway, right. well, this is amazing. We we appreciate you being here. Hour's up, and, uh, of course, Alex Cross must die and find out why. Wow, that's, it only seems like two hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the new. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a fun read. And, and I'll, actually, I'm going to go out with Lupica because uh, he has coming out the new um, the new Spencer that's the first one that he's uh, written, you know, for Robert Parker. They had another writer, and I, nothing against the, the but I, I, I stopped reading them. I, I, that particular style that that it, I, I, it just didn't feel like Spencer to me. But the new one uh, that Mike did, uh, which I'm about halfway through, and it, 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 there's the voice again. There's there's the Spencer that I that I knew and loved. So uh, so yeah, we got that, and you know, and people should remember the holidays are coming, whatever those holidays might be. And uh, it's a good time to uh, go out and get a book, and, 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 and instead of giving somebody socks or ties yep. or stuff, which they hate. Do you ever get, what do you, for the holidays, do people ever give you anything that's worthwhile? No, nobody ever buys no. me anything. Nobody ice cream, man. <laughs> give me ice cream. Yeah, the that's headache. right. That's the stuff. Kill me. Give, kill yeah. me with ice yeah. cream. Yeah, I'll give him a bucket. James Patterson, thank you. All right, so good, good, good. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. All right, it's been a mystery. Of all the times, this is one of them. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.